Okay, you got it? Jeremiah 18, verse 1, the Bible says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. That's powerful. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, this was the whole reason he went to the potter's house. Here's the word. O house of Israel. Somebody say he's talking to the church. Say he's talking to me. Yeah. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. This morning, I want to speak to you from a subject. You see the pieces, but God sees the purpose. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. It is only your word that transforms and that changes, convicts and purifies. Father, let every word that I speak flow from your mouth. Let your glory be felt in this place. And we thank you that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I heard about this lady, this older lady. She passed away and she went to heaven. Yeah. When she got there, she met Peter, St. Peter, at the gate. And, man, she was so excited she made heaven home. <laughs> And uh, when she got there, he said, well, before I let you in, you got to spell a word. She said, what word? I never was very good at spelling. He said, well, you pick any word you want. She said, okay, love. He said, okay, spell it. She said, L-O-V. He said, well, enter in, thy good and faithful servant. Man, she came in. She was so excited. Wasn't a few minutes later, she said, hey, uh, Peter looked at her and said, hey, you did such a great job. I'm going to let you stand here at the gate. And if anybody shows up, I'll be right back. If anybody shows up, you make sure, do the same thing that I just did for you. they got to spell the word. And uh, she said, okay, I got it. Lo and behold, wasn't a few minutes later, she's standing there and her ex-husband shows up. And she's like, what in the world are you doing here? He said, Jackie, what's up? Did I make it to heaven? She said, nope, not yet. He said, what do you mean? This is the pearly gates. She said, yeah, before you come in, you got to spell a word. He said, a word? What, what word? She thought for a minute. She said, well, you got to spell Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Amen. There are some people in life you could <laughs> probably take or leave. Thankful for is that. When it comes to the things of God, he never leaves us out. He always has a plan. He always has a purpose. Sometimes we see pieces that don't make sense, and we wonder how those pieces are ever going to come together in our lives because we're scattered, we're broken, we're bruised. And like a vessel, maybe we started out beautiful. Maybe we started out perfected. Maybe we started out uh, priceless, but because the way life has hit us, we've been tainted, we've been uh, broken, we've been cracked. People have spoken words over us. We've we've uh, fallen short. We've messed up and made mistakes. 
And because of past, sometimes we get held back. But today, I just want to draw your attention to our text. Because Jeremiah, somebody say a prophet. Jeremiah was a man of God. He was a servant. He was a man who would speak God's word. That's what prophecy is. It's God's word spoken by man. And, and he, he was a man who knew how to do a few things right. And I, I just want to challenge you with a few things that we could do to see pieces come together for purpose. And, and, and if I had the first thought I'd have for you, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that. Write this down. In our text, we see the word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah, verse 1, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. Number one. If you're going to see pieces come together for purpose, you must learn how to hear what the Father is saying. Say that with me. Hear what the Father is saying. Notice the instructions from the Father was to arise and to go down to the potter's house. It's not just about a location so much as it was about a position. See, it's important... That our position, we position ourselves in a place that we can hear the voice of the Father. It's real easy to get caught up in the things of this world, in the business, in the kids, in our husband, in our wives, in ministry, and in church. We can get so caught up that we get caught up in our location. Well, I'm at church. Well, I'm, I've been given. I've been showing up on time at the job. I've been reading my Bible ever so often. And, and we can get caught up in so much in location that we forget. It's not so much about the location we're in. It's about the position, a position of humility, a position of, of, of sanctification that says, hey, I, I, I want to walk as Christ walked. I, I want to hear as my father, as he speaks, I want to hear every word that he says. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 91, verse 1, it says, He who dwells, listen, in the secret place, it's talking about a position. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Sometimes God will never give us the next steps of instructions until we position ourselves in the right place to hear what He wants to say in our lives. And see, this first vessel this, sun, this Sunday, I want you to recognize worship is our heart. That's a core value here at Vessel United. Who are you? What makes us different? What makes this church different? We believe one of the core values of this house is that worship is a heart. When worship is your heart, worship positions you to stay surrendered. Worship is a way that you can walk in humility. Worship is a way that you can walk in transparency. And also walk in intimacy. It's important that as sons and as daughters, we stay vessels prostrated in worship. It's an act of surrenderance that says, God, everything that I have belongs to you. When you worship the Father with your heart, you're saying, God, nothing that I do means anything without you. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? See, if you want to see God put things back together in your life, if you want to see fulfillment come together in, in, in your relationships, and in the church house, uh, at your job, job site, you must learn how to be a vessel that says, for God I'll live, and for God I'll die. John the Baptist said it like this, I must decrease 
so that he can increase. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us, wants to speak to us. He wants to commune with us. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Somebody asked the question, well, uh, Pastor Darren, God don't talk to me, really? My Bible says that he, if any man calls upon the name of the Lord, he will answer. I believe, I'm convinced, many times the reason we're not hearing his voice is because we haven't positioned ourselves to say, Father, speak to me. Lord, I don't want to stay the same way that I am. I don't want to be caught up in everything else and completely miss what really matters for my life. Only his word can transform your future and bring all pieces together. Stop listening to man. Start listening to his word. And, and as you position yourself to hear him, he will give you the instructions you need to cause change in your life. Revelations 3.20 says it like this. This is the father. Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If any man hears my voice, now any man covers sinning man, struggling man, ugly man. Come on, somebody. Any man, white man, brown man, purple man, it don't matter. Any man. And by the way, women don't get, don't get offended. He, 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 it's, all, it's all the same scripturally. Man or woman, okay? He, he's speaking to his sons. Uh, don't have a problem being called a son as long as us men don't have a problem being called a bride. Come on, somebody. We're the bride, right? The bride of Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. We're sons of the Most High. We must position ourselves to hear what the Father is saying. One day I was in, at Disney years ago. Haley was three years old, and uh, she, she wanted to ride these rides. And Ashley, her, her mother, was with Ethan over here on these other rides. So I had Haley, and I was doing what a good father would do. I was just hanging out with my daughter. And uh, we went to the top of the slide, and I said, before you go down, I'm going to go to the bottom of the slide. And there's hundreds of people just walking around. And I said, I'll catch you at the bottom. And so I go down at the bottom. I catch her. She does a great job. I said, Haley, can you go up there by yourself? She said, yes, I can do it. So she goes up. I said, just go up to the top and then come right back down. I'll be staying right here for you. I gave her the instructions. I told her what to do. I, I told her how to get in the right position. And all I can tell you is about seven, eight minutes later, I finally was like, man, that was a long line. I, I guess I need to check on her. So she still hadn't come down. I go up to the line and nobody, I mean, there's, there's still a line there, but she's not in there. And I'm like, where's my daughter? Hundreds of people all around. And uh, all I can tell you is we had to call security. We couldn't find her. We just knew somebody done stole her. This guy right here was praying in the tongues. I, I was doing anything and everything. It didn't matter. I just I couldn't find my daughter. What do you do when you can't find your child in the midst of Disney? Mickey Mouse takes their money and your kids if you're not careful. <laughs> Listen, you know what she did? She went past the location, the position I gave her, and she kept going. Wouldn't you know it, that three-year-old baby girl went all the way to the next ladder, the next steps, all the way to the top of the mountain where they, the highest uh, slide in the whole park. And they found her. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we prayed and the gates got shut down and the farmers locked the whole park up because that was the day I wondered, does my kids know how to take instruction? Haley, we knew from that point on was 
time taking instructions. What I'm saying is whenever we hear the Father, if we don't hear him clearly, we won't end up in the right position, in the right place, at the right time. Does that make sense? How many of you have ever been in a, wound up somewhere you didn't expect to wind up and it didn't have anything to do with God? It had totally to, only to do with what you wanted to do, right? Haley just saw something in front of her. It's like, wow, that looks fun. And it's important we don't get so caught up in what we're seeing in the natural that we, we miss out on what God is saying in the spiritual. This is a house that's going to speak truth according to the word, not according to denominations. This is a house that's going to speak truth according to God's word, not according to what man says, including me. Because it's not about this pastor. It's not about a preacher that comes. It's not about an individual that sits in these seats. What it's about is God's word being spoken in truth. Because it is truth that sets people free. I don't see the Bible saying religion sets people free. I don't see the Bible says where obligations set people free. But it does say the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So I'm, I'm, a, tr- I'm a true believer of speaking truth. Watch. In love. Okay? It's one thing to speak truth. It's another thing to speak truth in love. Because understand the same truth that's for you is for somebody else. It's for the preacher that's preaching. It's for the teacher that's teaching it. This truth is for all of us. Amen. And it positions us. Number two, if we're going to be have pieces brought together for purpose, uh, it's also important, before you go to number two, I want you to recognize as the potterer, was, uh, as, as, as Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, he noticed clay on a wheel. Now, my aunt was a woman who works on clay, and she always taught me. Uh, I used to work with some of the clay and put it in the fire and paint them and all that stuff. And she would show me, Darren, the only way the clay can, can be effective and stay uh, centered and or not shake when the spinning's going on the wheel, uh, it, it has to stay centered on the wheel. Okay, it's important you stay centered. That's what worship does. Worship centers us. On what really matters. That's when you come in this house, you shouldn't have a problem lifting up your hands because had you not, had Jesus not died on the cross and set you free, you wouldn't have the ability to lift up open hands of surrender. When you walk into this house of worship, this shouldn't be a place where you have to be timid or ashamed. No, no, no. You can open up your mouth with joy unspeakable and full of glory and know he who the Son has set free is free indeed. I've been set free from some things and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a worshiper in my heart. I'm centered. I'm completely founded, rooted, and grounded on the center of worship because I know it's my worship that fights my battles. It's my worship that sees me through my struggles and my tribulations and trials. Number two, obey what the Father says. You've got to obey what the Father says. Notice I'm not saying obey what your pastor says. Obey what the Father is saying. Jeremiah I love that. Now, he not only heeded the word, he heard the word, but then he obeyed. Go down, arise, go down to the potter's house. Listen, there I will give you a word. Obedience. Notice Jeremiah was a man of obedience. It's not, if you don't obey what you hear, you'll never be in the right place to bring, again, pieces of purpose together. What we must learn how to do is resist, watch, from pleasing people more than pleasing God. Many times we won't obey because we want to make, we want to be politically correct instead of godly obedient. 
Could it be that we have learned to hear man's voice better than hearing God's voice? I'm here to tell you, church, he'll he'll speak to you. He has a love for you. He has a grace for you. He has a mercy for you. We find in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13, or 15 rather, verse 22, talks about a man named Saul who was a king. And one day he decided to take things, matters in his own hands. God told him, I want you to kill the Amalekite people. I want you to kill this, the, the boys, the girls, the men, the women, all the animals. Destroy it all, including the king. Saul thought he knew better than God. So he decided he would keep all the good animals for sacrifice. And he decided he would keep the king of, of the Amalekites alive. Listen. God always will put things in order one way or the other when we get out of disobedience. Because of his disobedience, he was confronted by Samuel, the prophet. And he said, he comes to Saul, and Saul says, I did what you told me to do. How many, how many has ever been there? Not only did you disobey, now we're lying to cover up the lie. He says, I did what you told me to do. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad that you're here. Let's go to church. And, and Samuel's like, no, no, joker. What's that bleeding I hear? He was hearing them animals. He's like, you were told to kill everything, destroy everything. Well, the people told me to do it. What was Saul doing? He was, he was more interested in pleasing the people than obeying the voice of the Father. Because of it, he lost the whole kingdom. You know it. David took his place as king. All I'm telling you is there are some things that we will lose if we don't walk when it, according to, obediently according to the voice of God. The, as, as the clay, somebody say, I'm clay. Yeah, you're the clay, he's the potter. As the clay, we must learn how to trust the potterer. That's my third point. Have trust while in the Father's hands. It's interesting, the clay never, as Jeremiah is watching the potterer work on the clay, he never, I never see the clay talk back to the potterer. Now, for some of us, that's, that's easier said than done because we like to tell God what we think about what he's doing. But see, it's not your job to tell God how you want it. This ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way. Come on. So, as, as, a, as a vessel, as a vessel of purity, a vessel of honor, a vessel that's surrendered, a vessel that says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You have to learn how to trust the potterer. As he's working on you. You understand the potterer, anytime he's working on something, the wheel's always spinning, right? In life, things spin and can sometimes seem like they're spinning out of control. Because of struggle, because of trial, because of tribulation, we question, God, do you really love me? Do you really care for me? I believe God was wanting Jeremiah to see purpose. He wanted Jeremiah to see purpose in the potter's work. Number three, see purpose in the potter's work. And as he's working on you, I want you to recognize that he has a plan for your life. Start seeing that there's a reason why you went through that testing and that trial. There's a reason why you had to go through that circumstance and situation so that he could trust you. And so that, watch, you could learn to trust him. James said it like this. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations. 
What was he saying? Why would I get joyful when I go through trouble, when I go through trial? Because he's, that trial, that tribulation is working patience. Patience is working experience. And experience is working a hope in you that you didn't ever have until you first went through that trouble and tribulation. See, good can always come out of the bad when God is in it. Somebody say amen. Good can always come out of bad when God is in it. You just have to learn how to trust that he knows what he's doing better than you do. And at some point... At some time or another in your life, maybe you're sitting in this church and you say, well, I'm not used to this type of atmosphere, not used to this type of music, not used to this good-looking preacher up there. That's all right. Settle down. It's all right. They got my leather coat on. <laughs> Things may not look the way you expect them to look. That's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in and does what you can't do. It allows God to grow you, stretch you, expand you, and mold you. See, when the, mat, when the potter is working on you, you've got to understand there's always going to be uh, an application that causes you to stretch. It's an up and down movement, okay? There's pressure that starts being applied in your life. You've got to learn how to allow the potter to work on you and recognize that there's purpose in this work. There's things that's being removed. There's friends that I'm going to have to let go of. There's people I'm going to have to stop hanging out with if I'm going to be the vessel that God's called me to be. If I'm going to stop thinking the way that I think, there's some things, some places, some, some things I'm going to have to stop listening to so that I can have better thinking. Come on. Somebody say, stop that stinking thinking. you you, you got you to gotta quit that, that, that stinking thinking and start recognizing greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You see the pieces. God sees the purpose. Everybody else sees you're broke, but God sees you as a masterpiece. Everybody else says you're worthless. God says that you're priceless. He has, he has paid a price for you. Not that you could stay broken and bruised. I love that the master potter, he never throws away the clay. He always has his hands on that, on that, on that clay. And that's what I believe Jeremiah was sent to see before he ever heard the word. He saw the master's hand on the clay. And it never took his hands off of it. Can I tell you something? Number four, you have to trust while in the Father's hands. You have to trust while in the Father's hands. you got to have faith while in the Father's hands. Why would the clay be marred? That's the big question. Why would the clay be marred in the master potter's hand? You would think that's the place of safety. You would think that's the place of healing. Makes you question, why would, why, would I, why would I get sick? Why would my wife, why would my daughter, why would my son or my husband, why would they get sick? Listen to me. All things work together for the good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I said all things. Trials, tribulations, tests, circumstances, all things work together for the good. But I'm in the master's hand, yes, and he's wanting you to learn how to trust him. Jeremiah, look how the master, look how the potter is working on that clay. Notice how the hands are never removed. Notice the, how the shape starts changing every time his hands are, uh, are apply pressure to that vessel. Yeah, but it's broken, it's bruised, it's cracked. That's okay. Look what he does. The Bible says he takes that marred vessel and he starts all over and makes it again anew. The thing about God is he will never throw you away. But you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. He does, and in spite of it, 
He says, I still got you on the wheel. My life's spinning all around. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm confused. I'm, I don't know if I'm going or if I'm coming. All you have to do is stay so desperate enough that you'll stay on the wheel, even if it's spinning. Your life's spinning, sometimes maybe out of control. Recognize that somehow, some way, God's going to work this out for my good. Somehow, some way, the master potter's hand's going to mold me and make me in, a, in ways that I never knew. He, he's going to my bro- broken dreams and hope. My broken marriage. My broken relationships, come on, maybe you lost a job. God can put it back together better than it was before it was broken. That's my story. God put me back together. Yeah, I lost a wife to cancer, and I was broken. But I had to learn how to trust my father. What is the test that you've had to go through? My life seemed to be spinning out of, out, of, out of control. What is it that you're going through today that makes your life feel like you're spinning out of control? You know what kept me on the wheel? It's because I was desperate to be made whole. And Sometimes your test and your trial, the tribulation, the fire that we walk through in life, we want to be taken out of it. We wonder, God, do you really, am I, am I, is this what life's all about? Is this why you created me? And God's saying, no, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to do something greater. But the only way for me to take you to the next level, I had to remove some things out of your life. I don't know what your testimony is. I don't know where you've been. I just know this. You have to learn how to hear what the master's saying. Listen, church, Vessel United, if we don't learn how to hear the the master, we'll never have the instructions. We'll never wound up uh, in the right position so that we can be obedient to the next plan that he has for us so that our purpose can be brought to life. Ethan. Come here. Okay, grab grab that, uh, Ethan, grab that shirt real quick. Caleb, come here real quick. Take this shirt. I just, I'm an illustrative type of person. I like to see, can you see me? Can you see me? Okay, good. No. All right. Now spin him around, Caleb. Spin him real good. All right, good. All right, that's good right there. Okay, so Ethan, your job is to listen to the Father. You need to listen to me. I know you don't like to do that, but listen this time, okay? Keep, don't mess with it. Keep your, so it's real important that your ears listen to what Dad's saying, because if not, you could get hurt real bad, okay? When we obey. While on the potter's wheel, it's a process. He's still working on us. How many has arrived in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's a process. I've been doing this my whole life, 41 years old. I came out of the womb with a Bible on my head. Come on, somebody. I was born and raised in the church, and I still ain't got it together. I figure if Paul never figured it out, brethren, I count myself to have apprehended not that this one thing. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, meaning I haven't arrived But this one thing, I do forget the things which are behind me. I reach forward to the things which are before me, and I press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. See, it's in the Father. Worship's my heart. And it's my worship that keeps driving me to my knees, saying, Potter, have your way in my life. Mold me. Father, speak to me. 
Change me. Transform me. I can't hear your voice. Listen, that's when you got to get back into worship. You got to get back, get your life back centered into worship. Worship's our heart, church. We're going to be a vessel of worship, recognizing that his will is much better than our will. I'm going to leave you with this one verse. Here's where you find peace. As he's working on you, as you're trusting him, learning to lean not upon your own understanding. Verse, the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. He that hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. At some point or another, when you come through the testing and the trial, you'll see it. You'll know. Even in the working, even in the process, even in the breaking, he never took his hands off of you because what he started had to finish. And sometimes it's in the midst of the process we get discouraged. We think God's forgotten us. No. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. Your perfection is coming when Jesus splits the eastern skies. He's coming back for a bride without spot nor wrinkle. Listen, he's coming back for vessels that have been chosen Listen, hearing his voice and trusting him on the potter's wheel. Would you bow your heads with me all across this sanctuary? Pastor Darren, I can't hear God's voice. What do I do? Has God forgotten about me? No, he hasn't forgot about you. If you can't hear his voice, I'm just going to encourage you. Get in the right position. Put yourself in a place of humility. A place where you decrease and he increases. A posture of worship that says, it's not my will, but Father, it's your will to be done in my life. When you surrender and you say, God, I thank you that you are speaking to me right now. It's in the still, small voice of things. To him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you direction. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at DarrenFarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.